action. Back at it again. <laughs> you have to say that every time now or I'll get disappointed. Back at it again. We're back at it again. We're back, Part guys. Part two. Another week. Pink Panthers. In a row. Pink Panthers. If you haven't listened to the first part, please go back and listen to the first part. Or this part is not going to make sillies. a lot of sense. Sillies out here robbing banks. <laughs> We're not bought robbing banks, but robbing Robin jewelry, jewelry stores. They got some silly gooses. <laughs> silly gooses. To summarize, though, in case you don't feel like listening to that 30-minute episode. It's just a little bite-sized boy. It is. It's really short. It's really short, but it has some good insights into what we're about to really deep dive into. Um, But we talked about before three Eastern European thieves that robbed a graph jewelry store in London in May of 2003. Um, Detective Steve Alexander of Scotland Yard combined forces with the Brigade for the Repression of Banditry in Paris. (laughs) That's the best name. Among other law enforcement entities in Europe to track the robbers and connect them to over 20 other jewelry heists. Dang. So now you're cut up. It's, imp- it's impressive. Yeah. I, I'm still impressed. <laughs> my mind is boggled. Yeah. Uh, my mind's more boggled that I've only heard of the Pink Panthers referenced in, like, the periphery of a lot of pop culture. Like, have you seen White Collar? Uh, no, but it's on my list. They... Okay, now I'm going to butcher it, because I actually don't think I finished that show. They reference and bring in a character who's part of the Pink Panthers. Interesting. But it's not like... Like, this whole story could be its own movie, rather than that I mean, it sounds like characters. a freaking movie. Yeah. It's it's really interesting. So now we're going to zoom out a little bit and look at the big picture, rather than just the London heist. Gotcha. Um, the London heist was just covered first, it was the first big one that every the media latched onto, and they were like, oh, and it's the one where they got their nickname, the Pink sure. Panthers. Yeah. Let me just say now, they don't call themselves that. Now they do because it's funny. But, like, the guy, I, I watched a lot. I did a lot of interview watching for this specific case, which was fantastic because I didn't think this was one I would be able to get yeah. firsthand information on. But I but I, well, first, second hand. Yeah. I watched it. But still, like, the guy that was interviewed was like, well, it's a funny name. I guess you could call us that. He, like, chuckled about it. And then he proceeded to refer to them as, as the Pink Panthers. So it's like a brand of honor now. <laughs> but the media was like, ha, it's so funny. There was, a, there was a ring in face cream. It's like that one movie. It's like that movie. <laughs> yeah. So it, it stuck. It stuck. So, the robberies um, done by the Pink Panthers spanned across Europe and even Asia, claiming close to a quarter of a billion dollars worth of loss for those stores. Yeah. Tokyo, in 2004, um, the Panthers hit a jewelry store in Tokyo where they used pepper spray and got their hands on a 125-carat diamond necklace. Wow. Paris, finally Paris gets hit, 2004. Well, hit again, I guess. They took advantage of the French prime minister's wife visiting a jewelry store in Paris called Chapard. Two women and two men ended up nabbing $14 million worth of jewels. I don't know. I didn't find out how they were taking advantage of the prime minister's wife visiting that store. Yeah. Unless they had plants that got in with her. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Maybe an episode for another time. Probably not. But yeah, so that happened. And St. Tropez, which is also in France, I guess. I don't know. I didn't take French in high school. I didn't see uh, it. Me neither. I was a Spanish tape. Me too. Okay, me too. You. If we get <laughs> we get to Spain, I can nail it. Exactly. But I can't. You give me Eastern European or French pronunciation. I can't do it. I can't. I'm physically no incapable. Say. No say. St. Tropez in 2005, this part of France, a Panther crew in ridiculous flower print shirts 
hit a store. These guys are silly. Insa- they're so silly. Their, their distraction methods are hilarious. I kind of like hilarious. I don't like it. I know. I like it. That's why I'm like, please make a movie. Yeah. Please, I want to visually see this and feel like I'm there because this is amazing. This not for the store owners because well, they're losing a lot of money, yeah. but for, for these guys, it's it's hysterical. They're having um, fun. The method, they're having a great time with their friends. <laughs> they're having fun. <laughs> they're just a bunch of friends. The methods are generally the same at first. Small groups, two or three people max, mostly men, mostly men. The heists only last a couple of minutes, and they're done in broad daylight with escape vehicles nearby, mopeds, speedboats, fake taxis, Vespas, Vespas, used Vespas. I don't know why that was an important detail. (laughs) Used Vespas. Um, Law enforcement were at their wits' end. Interpol, Europol. I didn't know Europol was a thing. Apparently, it's the European version of Interpol, which is weird because Interpol is international. It's like almost everybody. Right. Whatever. Europe has to be extra and have their own. Um, But all of them got involved, and they pulled together all of their information, DNA, fingerprints, phone numbers, alleged identities, Mm -hmm. you name it. I want to dive into the criminal side of this, of these thieves, because I watched this documentary about the Pink Panthers. It was made in 2013, and it was called Smash and Grab. Two former members were interviewed, but their identities were masked, because I don't think they officially left yet. The Pink Panthers. I think the woman has. I don't think the man actually has, though, which is why he's like, no. Change my voice, too. Like, yeah. Voice. It was an animated documentary hmm. because they couldn't show his face. They had to completely change his features. So they just animated the his entire thing. It was, was kind of weird. It was kind of sure. weird. Um, but we weren't given their names, so I'm going to call them by the fake names that they used in the interviews. Mike is the man, and Layla is the woman, okay? Okay. They didn't directly, this is a side note before I dive in, they didn't directly reference each other, but their stories kind of match. So when he told stories about a girlfriend, it matched her story about how she was introduced to the Pink Panthers through a boyfriend. And so I think, this isn't fact, they could not confirm or deny it, I think that they, the two people who were interviewed, were former Love Flames. Lovers. Lovers. I think they were. I think ah. so. That's my theory. The whole time I was like, their stories are the same. Yeah, interesting. The same. Just two perspectives of the same story. And then they describe a job that they did, and it sounds like the same job. Hmm. But they didn't, they didn't, like, dive into that. I don't think they wanted to let the other person know that they were, you know what I mean? Yeah. To stay anonymous. Don't tell them that the other person's being interviewed. Um, anyway, let's dive into the structure. Okay. Of the Pink Panthers, as told by former members. Most of them don't know who their bosses are. So when they were interrogating... I mean, that's Mr. smart Mr. Smash it protects them. It does. Yeah. Every layer. You right. don't know. Yeah. You only know the person directly above you. That's it. Wow. That's all you know. It is very, like, a movie. Yes. They, I'm telling you. Yeah. Someone call Hollywood. Yeah. They need to make a movie. Um. You Yeah, you only know the person calling the shots right above you. You don't know who their boss is. You assume that the other guys in the crew are answering to the same person you are, but you don't know that. You don't know. Yeah. Um, It's helpful, though, because they have periodically caught members. Mm -hmm. They've never been able to catch the leader and confirmed that he was the leader. Mm -hmm. Because remember that other guy they thought was the leader, Mr. Smash and Grab, whose name I can't pronounce. Viljosevic? Yeah. No, I think you got it. Did I get it? Yeah. (laughs) I could look at my notes, but I'm not going to. (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, they thought that guy was the boss, but nope. Um, okay. Those who did know each other's identities, they were very tight. They were very tight-knit. Mm-hmm. It was basically like a family and like the mob. Yeah. <laughs> basically well, like I the mean, mob. You're very committing, close. It's organized crime. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And you've got to, there's, you know, there's a level of trust that you've got to have. For sure. So even the people you don't know, you're loyal to. You know you're breaking laws. Yes. Like, together. Together. Yeah. Again, it's friends. Yeah. Friends just having a good time. Hanging just out. having a good time. Stealing wigs. Robbing jewelry stores and wearing Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> and Elvis wigs. Living it up. As one does when they're in Europe. Stealing with million dollar rings. When you're in Europe with your friends, that's what you do. That's what so, I do. <laughs> that's what I would do. Um, so there's... Your lives are also on the line because even though... And I'll get more into like their whole like moral code too even though they don't directly harm people or at least they try not to directly harm people like they try to stay nonviolent. they're right. they're very forceful in their approach but they don't actually want to hurt anybody sure your life is still on the line because you don't know if the other people are going to fight back absolutely if you get caught by the police like absolutely. you don't know so their lives I mean, are on the they line got chased down by security guards yeah like, you, you don't know what's gonna happen <laughs> this dude tackled him for sure in the street yeah <laughs> And the gun, went, yeah, the gun off. went off. Like that could have killed yeah, him. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. So, so there is that you know that huge expectation for loyalty and stuff. And a lot of the times, uh, newbies would apprentice with guys who have been in there a long time, um, so they can learn the trade before going on big boy heists. Um, so the guy that they interviewed, Mike, um, had talked about he was an apprentice for a while. For like, oh, I, I would assume like he would have to be before yeah. they let you. Again, do the big boy heist. You have to be able to perfect the speed, yeah, the precision for sure. Because again, the, this they're uh, counting on you. These robberies are under three minutes, yeah. all of them. Yeah, two to three minutes long, and, and you you're have done. to know what you're doing. Yeah, you can't mess up. It's a it's a fast attack. So I mentioned that the crews are usually very small. Um, in the London Graph heist, the structure was as follows: someone was in charge of transportation of both the accomplices and the goods. So the same guy who arranged their flights into London was the guy who arranged the transportation of the stolen jewels. So there's that guy. There's someone who was sent in to scout out the layout to canvas the area and um, bring back feedback on like the security. Like, do they have cameras? How many security guards do they have? Blah, blah, blah. Do they have a panic button? Stuff like that. Um, And then the third person was someone who does the quick shock value that allows for the smash and grab to happen in the first place. So in this case, it's three men. That structure doesn't usually change, but the arrangement of the people kind of, kind of does. So Mike, in the documentary, was the first to kind of dive into the crews that started introducing women. Now he said that women in the Panthers have to be exceptional, is what he said. Exceptional. They have to be the best of the best. There could only be one woman in each crew. If you had a woman on your team, she's the only one allowed. Wow. No other women. Interesting. And I think it's because a lot of these are, <laughs> I'm just jumping ahead in my notes a little bit. A lot of the, the majority, if not all of the men in these crews are like Eastern European, mm-hmm. very, come from very old fashioned for sure, for sure. backgrounds. And they're like, the woman, her job is to scout the area, bring back all of the canvassing uh-huh. information. She is not allowed to be there when we do the violent stuff. Therefore, we can't have any other women in the crew either okay. because we got to isolate them from that yeah. part. Which they're when too, I, they're s- far too sensitive. Yeah, <laughs> far too delicate. Far yeah. Too. But her job, he was also talking about how her job is the hardest job. 
the woman on the team has the hardest job in the entire operation. That tracks. Yeah, yeah. And I'm assuming that this, this is all based on Mike's experience. Keep that in mind. Because based on, let me scroll back up, one of the heists we just mentioned, the one in Paris had two women and two men. So I don't know if this is across the board or this is just, as Mike understands it, there can only be one woman Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in each crew. Um, I volunteer as tribute. I volunteer as tribute. I want to join. I want to join. Let me get one of those uh, emerald rings, please. <laughs> so he, um, even though they're not doing the physical smashing and grabbing and running, the entire heist is contingent upon them and their abilities. So the woman's role was to go into the target establishment, somehow get a recording of the layout, and then the path that the men would have to take going in there. So sometimes she would record it. Sometimes she would do it all based on memory, come back, have a guy sketch it for her, and then that's the blueprint of the plan. So she's she's the backbone, the entire right. back. If she gets any detail wrong, if she forgets where a single countertop is, it could ruin the entire... It sure. would slow it down yeah. and they'd get caught, right? So um, they would have to avoid suspicion from the staff, and because they're women, they would usually do this by being disarming and feminine, as they do. Yeah. Um, so they also have to know what they're looking for, though, too. So he was like, when he was describing the women, he, he was like, they have to basically appear super fancy. Yeah. They have to walk in like they are rich and powerful. No one questions why they're there. If I walked into a store right now, a jewelry store, people would be like, you know that scene in Pretty Woman? <laughs> when it's Julia Roberts, they're like, oh, she's not even a That would be me, too. They'd be like, ma'am, ma'am, you lost? where's your caretaker? <laughs> They would somebody, somebody get this one. <laughs> they would definitely question why I'm there. But these women, like, they were even given makeovers to look the part. Wow. You, they had to show up with a chauffeur. How like, plush. Oh, yeah. They, they, had to, they had to dress the part. And they had to be familiar enough with jewels. If they weren't already, they had to, before they go into the job, they had to be familiar with what they're looking at. For sure. Too. Because if you they go, you gotta act the part. Exactly. Yeah. What if that store was all out of like, I don't know how jewelry stores work. I don't know if they run out of diamonds ever, but Sapphires you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's got to come back with what they have and what they can take. For sure, for sure. As well as a layout of how this job can be done. So it is, it is pretty high stakes. I don't know if I would, <laughs> don't know if I would actually enjoy, I, I think I would enjoy in theory, this job being the, yeah. The woman in the crew. It, it does sound thrilling. I have far thrilling. too many tattoos. I've, that's true. Well, they'd have to use really good makeup. A lot. A lot. A lot of it. <laughs> a lot of They'd be like, uh, this, this, this girl comes from the Midwest. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way. You're like, why? In Paris. <laughs> There's no like, way she has anybody. Who let her in there? <laughs> like, what is? Is that tattoo done in someone's basement? <laughs> no, there's no way. Get her out of here. <laughs> You'd be fired immediately. 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 They'd be like, get her out of the Big Panthers. Um, so, okay. <laughs> no, I lost my spot. Sorry. <laughs> I just tried to dead. imagine myself, and I was like, nah. nah just, it never work. mind. I'm going to back out. <laughs> I rescind my offer to join you guys. You couldn't handle it. Sorry. <laughs> you couldn't. Um, so, yeah, so they had to come off, like, very wealthy, very powerful, very knowledgeable, very, like, much like they belong there. For That's sure. how they got into yeah. the information. I mean, it makes total sense. You, yeah. you have to be a con man. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Like, peak grifter level. Like, you can't be suspected of anything at all. If you're pretty enough, they talked about this a lot, too, even when they were interviewing the girl. Um, Layla talked about how, and I mean, the animation of her face was pretty, but she was talking like she was probably older at this point, because she was like, I used to be very pretty, like, gorgeous. And I feel like whatever you lack in pretending you belong there, you probably make up for in physical appeal. 
Sure. Like, the clerk is probably still going to be disarmed. Well, and if you, you get really done up and you're in fancy clothes, yeah. I mean. Yeah. But it just, it helps to have a chauffeur following well, you. And yeah. that, you know, like all that, it helps. So both of these two talked about the Spain job. And that's what we're going to talk about. This okay. is like the final. All right. Okay. This is what most of the documentary was focused on. After they each gave a background to their understanding of how the Pink Panthers work, both of them, this is why they kind of match up. Both of them dove into this particular heist okay so they robbed a jewelry store in spain but they had the woman layla first target a souvenir shop next door so they didn't immediately this was interesting they didn't immediately go into the jewelry store that they were wanting Mm -hmm. to rob Mm -hmm. she went next door to this little like gift shop and kind of schmoozed her way into getting a job which was interesting because she didn't speak the language very well she's serbian and she doesn't speak Spanish. But the guy there that was running the store was like, you're so pretty. Here's a job. You're so pretty. Here you go. Here you go. Please work for me so I can see you all the time. And she said that, too. She was like, he just really wanted to hang out with me. That was that I mean, was it. That yeah, was it. I, yes, I so, see this happening. I'm sorry, guys, but sometimes you make it too easy. You make it too easy. So she smooshed her way schmoozed smooched she might have smooched maybe. her way i don't know she what did. she did i mean maybe so she gets this job she gained his trust she gained access to the shop while she was inside the shop she would do things that the clerk didn't really notice or care but she would do things like she would listen on walls to see how thick the wall was how mm-hmm. filled in mm-hmm. the insulation was you know to kind of through that wall she got a general layout of at least one side of the jewelry store okay um which was interesting and she also watched for exits and entrances and stuff like that she was she was the ultimate spy okay um she observed the habits of the staff and when they leave when they get there mm-hmm. what time do they usually take a coffee break who you, does someone bring them coffee? You know, everything. She was tracking everything. Um, when she finally went into the jewelry store, she took in a gorgeously expensive diamond ring. Okay. And she told them, I lost some weight and I need this ring resized. So she has a reason to be there. Right. While they did that, she began to walk around the, the shop and record stuff. And be like, okay, like mentally record. Sorry, she didn't she didn't video yeah. record or anything. But she walked around and she was like getting how many paces, mm-hmm. like how many footsteps between this counter and that counter. Mm-hmm. Like it was how the brain power, I would be so tired. Yeah. All the time. A lot. It's a lot, a lot to lot try to perceive. Sure. Yeah. I mean, you see characters on TV do this all the time, but like a real life person. Right, right, right. Not everyone's Sherlock Holmes. Poor girl. I see why she retired so yeah. young. She was like, this is a lot. I can't. It's a lot. This is a lot of mental energy. Um. So anyway, when she met back up with the men in her crew, which included her boyfriend, who was the one who recruited her to the Pink Panthers. Gotcha. Boyfriend who I'm assuming is Mike. I'm just mm-hmm. going to pretend mm-hmm. it's Mike, okay? Um, he's the one that got her in the Pink Panthers because he was like, so I've got this really sketchy job. And the only, way, the only way I can tell you about it is if, we, if, is if you're in it too. And she goes, okay. And she was so young. She was like 18, 17, oh, 18. Okay. And he was like a grown man, whatever, different culture, whatever. Um... But yeah, she was very easily like wooed 
Mm-hmm. into joining it you can tell there's a lot of regret in her voice when well, she sure, talks she's about also it a kid so. she was yeah she was a child she sounded like a woman in probably in like her 40s or something yeah, by so, the time she was interviewed and that was 20 years ago yeah so yeah that makes sense yeah well the the documentary was 2013 gotcha gotcha so not quite as long ago but still yeah she was like yeah i did it for a guy whatever what's yeah, new she was a, she was listen, a teenage kid we, We've all been there. Yeah, We've yeah. All been there. We do dumb stuff sometimes. We do this dumb one, stuff. she developed some really cool skills, though. So I, super spy skills. Super spy skills. <laughs> she could star in this movie, and yeah. no one, no one would know. Anyway, so um, when she met back up with the men, one of the men sketched her entire description. So they like mapped out this like blueprint. This is how it's gonna go. Um, the the boyfriend thing too. I'm just gonna keep coming back to to little little old Mike. Um. She was the only one interviewed, but she kind of made it sound like that was a regular occurrence for men in the Pink Panther to recruit girlfriends Mm -hmm. because of the level of trust Mm -hmm. that you have to have. They're like, well, if we have a woman in the crew, I've got this girlfriend. Mm -hmm. She could probably do, which is why I think in the London heist, that girlfriend, Anna, could have very easily been gone involved. in. Yeah. She could have been the fourth member mm-hmm. of the crew. She just wasn't found out. Right, right. Because they didn't know the layout at that yeah. point. Um, anyway, that's why I think that. I think that was it. That makes sense. Yeah. She, um, <laughs> this is also a side note to my side note. At some point, Layla slips up in the interview, and she mentions that her boyfriend's name was Milan. Which made me think. I was like, Milan was the guy... In the London heist with the girlfriend named Anna. Is she Anna? Is Mike Milan? I don't know. I don't know. This is a mystery. It's a mystery. It's not important at all, but maybe it's a coincidence. It could be a super easy, like, common Uh name Uh in Serbia. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, so the planning and deliberating of the heist takes four months. Took it took about Dang, four okay. months. I mean, they, they really this is Yeah, they want to shrink that margin for error as like much as possible. So while well, the women never take part in the physical robbery, which I mentioned, so once she got them the information, she stepped back, mm-hmm. and they did the dirty work. So she she talked about how like that part of her involvement in the heist usually involved another makeover to change her appearance for the next place that they're going to go. So that's, <laughs> she also is really sad. This, this like gave me back, gave me like, <sighs> this isn't Jean Benet vibes. Maybe it's cause it was, a, she mentioned like, it beauty, sounded like a beauty yeah. queen kind of thing. She said that the makeovers were her least favorite part because it, it felt like her identity was being stripped away. Uh, well, they're changing yeah. everything. She so. was like, because the interviewer was like, was that fun for you? Like, it's isn't it fun to get a makeover? And then she was so sad. She was like, no, I hated it. Every time I was, I begged him, I was like, why do I have to do it again? And he said, like, you got to change your identity again. And she's like, it's, I've lost myself. Like, I don't yeah, know who I am yeah, anymore. Yeah. So sad. I'm so glad, Layla, whatever your real name is, I'm glad you got out. For sure. I mean, you can't, you can't it's not it's, sustainable. No, uh-uh, no, I bet, I bet even the men have a short shelf life. Yeah, I mean, you, have, you can't. No, you can't keep that lifestyle up for very long. Unless you're, like, serious, you're already damaged, and you're like, what the heck? And you have no home. Yeah. Like, you're like, what else are you gonna do yeah, you with just... your life? Anyway, so while she's getting her, um, another makeover done, um, feeling like a poor little Barbie doll... Uh, the men waited for this festival that was happening. It was a fiesta with, like, fireworks and a lot of loud stuff. 
Now, this um, approach that they were going to take was very different from the London graph heist. They're not going to do like a like a smash and grab. They're going to blow up the wall in between the oh souvenir God. shop. And then, yeah, yeah. So um, there were four men plus a guy in the van for the getaway car. Um, they wore masks and bodysuits. So it's, just, again, it's a different MO than the crew in London. Um, they pickaxed... Oh, okay. They didn't blow it up. I lied to you. They pickaxed the wall. Okay. Still, they damaged this wall in the souvenir shop. This poor souvenir shop owner, man, he's, he's really getting it. So they squeezed through that wall and got into the jewelry store and tried to find the safe. They used the pickaxe, but couldn't get into the safe. I don't know why they thought a pickaxe was going to work to get into a safe, but... They did. So they had to use a car jack from the van to get the safe off the ground into the van so that they can drive away and then try to crack the safe out in the woods somewhere. Wow. So this is taking longer than they thought it was going to. This is definitely not a two to three minute smash and grab yeah. job. This is very different. Uh, yeah. Very different. Um, I'm telling you, this is like a movie. So like... Layla is sitting in a hotel room, just done up already in her new identity, and she has not gotten a call from the guys. They haven't come back. This is taking all night, and it's supposed to take like an hour max, probably. Yeah. So she's getting worried. But she, uh, yeah. You're not supposed to contact him, though. So she's just sitting there in the hotel room, worrying about her boyfriend, thinking the worst is happening. For like sure. they got caught, they got killed, whatever. Um, in the morning, the guys, after spending all night trying to break open this the safe they got additional tools they got two more crowbars because <laughs> violence is always the answer yeah, yeah. two more crowbars another pickaxe and some gas flamey thingy i guess um and it took over an hour with these new tools but they finally got it open i guess none of them were experienced enough safe crackers to successfully crack the safe like and it's so hard to crack safe. yeah 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 well mike mentioned that he's like nor i could i am capable of cracking safes but for some reason this one wouldn't give weird and you know you're in the woods and it's dark it's the middle of the night and also you're kind of you're still kind of on the run because the minute they figure out something happened exactly the threat level's high yeah threat level midnight man it's stressful (laughs) stressful so um according to mike they usually take the jewels to the balkans and they start the trade process there but based on what um, mike claims it sounds like operatives like him prefer cash mm-hmm. now this is the part that i like was i always i'm confused about this in spy theft movie the, like big heist movies too like wh- who's gonna buy stolen notably jewels. stolen jewels well the answer is they don't knowingly buy stolen, stolen jewels Fair. so what happens is the thieves take it to a guy a courier who's going to then take it to a very specific type of let me see if i wrote down what they're called some guy they take him they take him this jewel guy guy. (laughs) just this jewel guy and it's um i guess they only really refer to him as a mediator Mm -hmm. you take him the jewels and what they end up doing is they end up shaving down the diamonds to smaller diamonds so they're less they're not recognizable all of the serial numbers are scraped off yeah and then they resell them damn yeah, and they give they cash. really, really. They have a, it's a science. Yeah. They give the cash that they get from those, they give to the teams who then divvy it up. Disperse it, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. because, yeah, Mike was like, we don't care about jewels. We, they view them as just worthless things that we can get a lot of money from. They High profit, right, mm-hmm. is what they look right. at them as. 
Um, he didn't even, he was even joking that he doesn't even wear jewelry. He has like a <laughs> ring, he has a ring or something from like his dad, but he's like, no, it's worthless. It's worthless. Like gems and worthless. But yeah, so they get a lot of cash from them. Um, an anonymous source in the documentary claimed that Panthers usually take between 20 and 30% of the loot and the mediator gets 5%. So this guy is still getting paid. Yeah. Um, but this is why crews tend to be small. Yeah. They don't well, have yeah. to share yeah. as much of the loot. Um, the final link, that's what they call him. So the courier is like the mediator. The final link is the man who then forges the clean certificates. Mm-hmm. This is a, this is a part of the process that I didn't, I figured they had to like melt stuff down they or gotta something. Have, yeah. The part that I didn't take into consideration because I never buy jewelry. I'm a poor person. I buy knockoff yeah, jewelry on yeah, Etsy. Exactly. I don't buy fancy jewels from an actual jewelry no, store. No, no. They have to come with certificates. Sure. That makes sense. This man, this final link, they called him is the one who forges the certificates and then legitimately sells them to jewelers in the U.S. So everyone out there in the U.S. listening to this, your wedding ring, if you have one, is probably stolen. Not mine. Not yours. Not mine. Do you do you have a gem on yours? I do. I have diamonds. Oh. Yeah. Where'd you get it? Uh, uh, Case got it at... Um, it's a, it was a special store through... It's really cute. Wait, they're not blood diamonds. Yeah. Oh, okay, that's Wait, they're, right. They're ethically sourced. Okay. They could have been um, stolen. Ethical, ethically sourced natural diamonds. Um, I have to double check with them, but I, it was a company maybe through, like, Washington or... Oh, okay. Yeah. He did good. He did a good it's job. Perfect. Good job, Biscuit. He did. Good well, job. You know. Well, the point that, that this final link guy was making, it was kind of funny, too. I love how foreigners make fun of Americans... It just makes me laugh. I know I am one, and they're making fun of me. But the the guy that was talking, or he was translating with this final link guy, who they never showed him. He was also anonymous, but they never showed his face, or even an animation of his face. He was just he was laughing because he's just like all these American brides have my my stolen diamonds <laughs> on their fingers, and I was like, he thinks we're idiots. We kind of probably. Uh- <laughs> Most of us probably don't care. Yeah, so, like, you could be wearing a Pink Panther diamond, and, and you don't even, know, even it. know it, because the, the paperwork is seems legit, and the person who bought it from the, the dealer is selling it in a store, and they're probably legit Amazing. people. Yeah, they don't know that they're selling stolen stuff. It's just such a thorough process. Yeah. They so thoroughly legitimize everything that they took. Everything. That's where it goes. Yeah. Goes all over the world. Amazing. Mostly the West. Yeah. He was joking about that. Like the UK and the US. Yeah. We're the idiots that are buying these stolen diamonds. Well, I mean. <laughs> but whatever. It's not, whatever. It's yeah. not too surprising. And, and he actually, to be fair, he was talking, when he was talking about the process too, he said that he makes it, um, he, he holds the certificates up to the tighter ethical standards of the US. So we are the US diamond trade. Tends to be a lot more like, we don't want blood diamonds, keep that crap yeah, out yeah, of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we tend to be tighter about yeah, it. Yeah, so yeah. even though he was still calling us stupid for buying them, he was also, at the same time, complimenting our efforts because it was, it's better harder than, yeah. it's harder to pass diamonds off in the U.S. as ethical than it is in other countries. Makes who sense. don't care quite as much about where their diamonds came yeah. from. So, anyway. Wow. Moral of your story, your diamond ring is probably a Pink Panther diamond, so... <laughs> So there you go. Um, I guess I have a lot of miscellaneous notes that didn't fit into the storyline. Um, oh, we talked about one of them, actually. They don't kill people. They do. I think people have acci- like been harmed well, sure. accidentally. Yeah. Like that poor woman got her nose grazed in yeah. the London one. 
it sounded like they pepper sprayed a guy and where did Pretty they do minimal that? Tokyo or something? Damage. Minimal, yeah, because they don't go in to kill people. And Mike was it was interesting hearing it from Mike specifically too because he he said, well. Those are two different types of criminals, which is true. I mean, cop shows shows show you that all the time. Absolutely. Just because you rob, it doesn't mean you're a violent person or mean to harm. It means you're a manipulative person. Yes, it does. Uh, Yes, it is. And, you know, you uh, live impulsively, probably. Yeah. They don't, like, they can be two different types of people, though. Absolutely. So, like, you don't have, just because you rob, yeah, doesn't mean you're a murderer. Which is why I wanted to do this case too, because I was like, yeah, it's, a different it's, it's type interesting to look at like a the d- different type of types of crime. Yeah, they don't they don't always cross over to each other's like sphere of existence. Absolutely. Sorry, I got to rehydrate before I say yeah, our next yeah, yeah. fun fact. Um, so I part of the documentary. <laughs> this is going to sound really mean, but it was the most boring part of the documentary. <laughs> so they took a step back from talking about the crime, and they wanted to. Um, give you more background on the type of people that are in the Pink Panthers, because most of them are Eastern European and Slavic. And so they, they I'm not going to dive into politics here because I don't actually understand a lot of the politics of these Slavic countries around this time. But I do know that during the 90s and early 2000s, um, wars were happening in the Baltic states. Mm-hmm. Okay, and because of the the political conflicts and then the wars and the state of their society there and the economy, it kind of like it, it was a breeding place for these types of criminals. Mm-hmm. They were looting homes all the time. Like it was yeah. what they were living around. Literally growing up doing. This. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of these guys, whether they were like former military, mm-hmm. they were carpenters, like they would just they would sense. come out of that and they would be like, well, let's go find something better. Mm-hmm. Well, what are they going to do with their skill set? They're going to go steal from fancier places with better economies. Mm -hmm. Just what they do. Um, Yeah, so I I did think it was interesting, but I didn't feel like they needed to spend as much time on it as they did. You're like, boring. I was like, bring me the crime. (laughs) I don't care about history. (laughs) I'm just kidding. It was interesting, but yeah. Anyway, so um, it sounds like in the Balkan states, they were viewed as, like, Robin Hood kind of characters? Because, again... Well, I mean, they kind of are. They kind of are. A little bit. If, I mean, yeah, because if they... That's... Uh, they're, like, creating a new workforce. Uh-huh. A, diff- a criminal workforce. But still... Steal from the rich. Yeah, steal from the rich. And just send some of it back home, maybe. I don't know. But it, it's it's really funny, because we're like, well, robbing is bad. Robbing, stop it. Don't steal. Stop that. It's, it's against the law. Stop that. <laughs> Bulk, in the Balkans, they're like, that's literally how we eat. <laughs> yeah, but seriously, yeah. it's a completely different lifestyle. So to have it down to this science, they're like, that's impressive. I need to I need to take notes. Yeah. You know? Can you come over for dinner? <laughs> so it, like, it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Um, so yeah, that good for them. The cultural background does help you understand it's them relevant. a little bit more. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, though, they put drugs back into the Balkans area. So, like, there's good and bad. They're not... Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Pink Panthers aren't heroes. No. They're just kind of really cool criminals. Yeah, they're kind of like, you know, like, you wouldn't do it yourself, but you're also like, "Eh, it's pretty 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 cool. That's pretty dope. I really like that they did that. Um, anyway, okay, so, to wrap it up, I realize we didn't take any breaks, but that is okay. To wrap this part up, though, um... About 24 Pink Panthers are now imprisoned in Western Europe, as of right now. 
they continue to operate in Europe and Asia. Oh, they're not done. Um, well, they got a good thing going. I think it's too widespread for them to really catch all of them. For sure. You know what I mean? The exact ar- operations aren't even confirmed. Like every time one pops up, they're like, oh, they tweaked part of their That's crazy. MO. Like there's yeah. enough similarities for them yeah. to be like, I think the same person might be calling the shots, but the circumstances end up changing certain details. So they're not all identical, which I think is exciting. Um, but anyway, they're, they're still, Interpol's still learning more. Like a lot of like they're still in operation. Yeah, That's wild. And even so, th- ones that they've identified too, they're still trying to find the leader. They still have not. Confirmed. So there's some mastermind. Yeah. Wow. And they think they think a few of the ones they have in custody, maybe they were mm-hmm. the leader. What's mm-hmm. also a possibility? I didn't read this anywhere. This is just the gospel according to Renee. What could be possible is that it's sort of like when they take one leader down, another rises up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean so that makes you sense. never it's really like, catch you know, one. Yeah. You know. Like the mafia. Exactly. Exactly. You catch one crime boss and there's just going to be another there's one. There's just going to be another one. So it's, it might not even be a matter of who's the big mastermind. I mean, it could be. I don't know. But it could also be you just got to catch every single one of them and then pre- that'll prevent maybe yeah. a new leader coming up. But then they'll organize in prison. Yeah. They adapt. Yeah. They improve. Yeah. These are, these are smart people. They, they're not stupid. They know what they're doing. As a final note... I think they should make this into a movie, and Margot Robbie should play Layla. Yeah, <laughs> the whole time. Stand Margot Robbie. I was watching her interview. I was like, I really love you. I really want Margot Robbie to yeah. be you. Yeah. Someone tell Hollywood now. Anyway, let's take a very quick break before we dive into ending this episode on a sweet note. So we're gonna take a quick break. Yep. We'll be right back. All right. We're going to end this on a sweet note, then. Mindy, what do you have? Or a savory... What yeah, is it today? It is, it's a savory note. Ooh. This was a... I like what, it. Such a fascinating case, though, man. Mm, I love the Pink Panthers. Okay. Okay. What have we got? Okay. We've got a nice treat from my favorite trader, Jules. Salsa Verde flavored corn tortilla chips. Corn tortilla chips. They're green. They're Why are green. they green? Salsa Verde. <laughs> Where are they drinking? Where the green? What is that from? I have quoted that all week. Why, Why is it green? Why is it green? <laughs> it's from. I feel like a kid said it, but I don't know what it's from. If it's from a show, okay. it's from a YouTube video. Do you need help? Yeah, help. I'm diseased. <laughs> my strength. Are these from Trader Joe's? Trader Joe's. Oh my god. Um, if you haven't been to a Trader Joe's, please. Treat yourself. Take yourself to a Trader Joe's. Are they everywhere? Is it just an Ohio thing? No, I think they're... Are they everywhere? They're everywhere. Okay. I mean, I don't know if it's just the Midwest or... I we're not. Everywhere. We're not getting this open. Okay. Hold on. I could step on the top no, and no, pop no, it. Don't do, that. don't do that. We're just two weaklings. We're just disease. Oh okay. Everything is fine. Um, ooh, you know what I did here? Um, yes. Who's that guy that you hate? <laughs> That's a short list. Yeah, um, okay. Family Annihilator. Oh, which one? Chris Chris, Chris Watts? Chris Watts. He's, did you hear he's writing a book? Well, of did course, you, of course he is. That? I didn't hear about this. Oh, oh. About what? Who wants listen, to read listen, this? Listen, listen, listen to this. I, I I heard this and I thought of you and I was like, Renee's gonna be so mad. <laughs> You're so mad. So I'm gonna go and write all over it. According, according to him, the Lord. The Lord. It was, it was divine. Shut up. I swear to you, it was divine that he killed Shanann and the kids. 
so he could spread the word of God. But he hasn't, though. Yeah. <laughs> what? Who, so he could. So he could be saved. Him I don't know, dude. Did they not? Ha- Wait, it's Colorado, right? We should cover that case. Yeah. We should cover we that case. We have to. I get so worked up. We get charged. Again, it's like... A, <laughs> We're still trying to open these chips. <laughs> you want to use a fork? You want to stab me. it with okay, a fork? Yeah. Um, any of those cases that involve... Kids. Especially kids par- parents killing kids, too. Like, yeah, that's just... too much. I get so mad. I hate that guy's guts. Every time I see his face, like, He's my stomach churns innocent babies and Shenan didn't deserve that. I don't care how much you hate your wife. Doesn't matter. She doesn't get deserve that. Yeah, get a divorce. Get a divorce. Do okay, the- I got him. Oh, yay. Okay, finally we're gonna try- <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, everyone. We're gonna try these Salsa chips. Verde chips. Salsa Verde chip chips. Mmm. There's a dog. Yeah. If you can hear that, that's Boone. These are not bad. Yeah, they're pretty good. Uh... Didn't know what I was going to think since they're green, but that's not bad at all. Got a nice spice. Mm-hmm. Just the right amount of salt. I love salt. The question is, would I eat a whole bag of these in one sitting? Mm. The answer is maybe half of a bag. Yeah. So maybe a three or a four. Yeah, I'm going to say, um... Oh, they're gluten-free. Mm. Look at you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say three and a half. Okay. Yeah. But they have a nice zest. I concur. I would like to eat it with, like, a dip of some yeah. kind. I think like that would make them dip. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a... Like a like a sour cream based Yeah, I was gonna dip. say French onion dip. Yeah. But I don't know if I would want French onion dip. But sour cream for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe some guac. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, yeah, yeah, maybe some guac. Three and a half skulls, guys. Mm-hmm. That's what that is. Yeah. Yeah, I liked it. All right, well, thanks for listening to all oh, the rest of this case. Us. This one was a regular length episode. Mm-hmm. We're coming up on 40 minutes. Whereas the last one was like 20, We're 25 like, hi, minutes. bye. Hi, bye. Pink Panthers, yay. <laughs> go, Pink Panthers, go team. <laughs> go team. Well, yeah, thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, subscribe yeah. and share Tell it. Tell us you want to keep listening. I think Spotify lets you comment. Does hey. it let you comment? I think it does, yeah. Okay, do it. Also, please rate. Rate, review. review. Tell your friends. Do everything you can to get us higher up on those platforms, like yeah. Spotify and Apple Music. And we can Apple keep Podcast. making this stuff. Yeah, we're going to keep like it. popping them out, I guess, if people are listening. Yeah, if you like it. People like us. Yeah. I mean, I there are probably some who don't, but a lot them. of people like us. A lot of people like, I mean, that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Yeah. We like you guys. Yeah. Um, also, if you have any case suggestions, we're about to art. Literally, our next episode is going to come from a comment we got on Instagram. Yeah, we're excited about that. Recommending a case yeah. to us. So if you have a case that you would like us to cover, yeah. message us Talk on Instagram, us. comment uh, on Instagram. Yeah. Like, I don't care what you do. Just reach out and it'll be a good time. And we'll see you next week. Okay, bye. Bye. bye.